Welcome to The Nest Show, the podcast that brings you insights into the crypto market, trading and investment experiences, and what we're looking forward to as we navigate this space together. Today, we're joined by Crypto Burb and our special guest, Trader Smokey. Smokey is known for his clean charts and his blend of Ichimoku and price action trading analysis. Smokey shares with us his journey as a young trader getting into crypto and how he went about refining his personal trading strategy. Later on, I roped Smokey and Adrian into each giving a technical breakdown of the Bitcoin charts in their own styles and counterpoints. This ended up being a seminar in charting and trading philosophy from two of the greats in this episode of The Nest Show. Once again, thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the ride. What The Nest Show is, this is a podcast brought to you by the Burb Nest community, an independent crypto and forex-centered trading community built to sharpen each other in capturing opportunities in the markets while protecting capital along the way. What this is not, trading advice. We are not financial advisors, and you should not regard any information here or in The Nest Club as financial advice. You should always consult a licensed financial advisor before making any financial decisions. We are joined today by Smokey. Smokey, gentlemen, sir, how are you doing? I'm fine. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for being here. And also we have Adrian, the burb himself, the burbness. Adrian, what's up? Yeah, yeah. Hi, it's 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 also great to well to have me on, on this on our own podcast. Oh, that is so generous of you to have yourself, sir. I'm very happy to be here, but I'm more happy to host actually to uh, to you know for for, uh, for our special guest to be Smokey, and uh, we've been friends for a longer time already, and I'm super impressed with his like all the efforts and all the um, content quality that uh, he's producing. So I'm definitely you know happy to. I'm looking forward to discuss it all. I know. Smokey's blowing up on the Twitter. Uh, my mom keeps telling me I got to get on the Twitter and Smokey's got to figure it out. Um, Smokey, you know what they say, where there's smoke, there's fire. And sir, your charting uh, is just that. It's fire. You've been in crypto now since what, 2017? Uh, yeah, early 2017. I bought my first Bitcoin. I think you and I might have gotten into it about the same time. What was it about, like 3000 or 2500 or something? Uh, no, it was right at $1,000. Well, you think you're better than me? <laughs> yes, <laughs> but no, uh, it was. Well, you're you're about fifteen hundred dollars better than me. That's true. Yeah, but it was all just luck. Like um, a friend of me told me about it, and he kept hassling about it. it was the future of money? And um, <laughs> that's a good friend. <laughs> yeah, but at the beginning, I was pretty skeptic. Um, but then he made some money with it, and I was like. I want to make money too. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you're one of those. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Like it, it re really it started like that. I just wanted to make money, um, and then I got into it, and um, yeah, it kind of just kept going. Um, so yeah, here I am, <laughs> living through a bull market, living through a bear market, and whatever the fuck we're in right now. So, <laughs> well, the the point is you live through it, you know, and you come out on the other side and regardless of what kind of shape that you're in, if you have a little, you know, a few war injuries or whatever, you know, you have the experience, you know, and that makes you better equipped to handle it uh, on the next go round. But I, I wanted to ask a little bit about your your trading style. And, and, you know, I know that you said that you've kind of uh, been focusing on other elements lately. But, uh, you know, in, in preparation for this, I was looking a little bit over your the Ikimoku trading guide that you published and and some of your uh, your price action stuff. And I, I was I was really happy to find that 
you know, un unlike a lot of the kind of trading philosophy that we've reported on this podcast, you know, where it's more mathematic and algorithmically driven, where, you know, the emotions are out of it, you, um, uh, you presented somewhat of a counterpoint, which uh, relies more on gut, more on intuition, and more on a, a flexible set of rules. Can you elucidate to our listeners kind of your process in arriving uh, at your own kind of uh, personal trading style and and uh, how you kind of zeroed in your own practice? Since I started in 2017, I wasn't really getting into TA that early. And when I then first started looking at TradingView and actually trying to like learn how to do technical analysis, I started off with trend lines because like that was the big thing back in 2017. I had no idea about horizontals. Um, I just knew that Ichimoku existed. I was really like a novice. I had no idea. As time passed by, um, I wanted to get better. And I realized that like trading solely off of trend lines won't bring me to the level I want to be, at least not for myself, because I wasn't that good at utilizing trend lines alone. And then I just kept on looking at other Twitter people. Like I never joined a, a paid group myself. I never uh, bought a trading course myself. Like everything I did is just piecing the puzzle together from taking from people like Trader SC, taking from people like uh, Josh, who introduced me to Ichimoku. And then slowly but surely, my own trading style came together. And it ended up being price action and Ichimoku combination. And uh, I've been using it for like over a year and a half, I think by now, and I've stuck to it and I have decent results with it. I just feel familiar with the charts right now. Like when I look at a chart, I know exactly what I want to see, what I'm looking for. And I think that's important, um, an important first step as a trader, to just find something that he can familiarize himself with and then work to get better from that standpoint. Absolutely, man. It's a very subtle but awesome process of when that uh, sense of familiarity sinks in, you know, when you uh, uh, find the chart speaking to you in a way. It's it's like picking up another language, you know, where all of a sudden, you know, when you're walking through a market or whatever, you can actually, um, you know, interpret what a passing by conversation holds. I think that, you know, it's, it's a very subtle process, which makes it difficult to, you know, to translate to, to listeners or uh, otherwise, but, you know, it, it just takes work. It takes a lot of time and it takes you putting in the, the work to figure out what works for you and, and what doesn't resonate with you and uh, really arrive at it uh, in your own journey. Adrian, I'd love to hear your journey on the same thing of, of how you arrived at your own personal trading style and and the uh, false starts along the way, if you don't mind weighing in on that. That's a, that's a good question. Actually, that's funny because there was always like early 2017 uh, when I got to, well, actively trade Bitcoin, right? Because, uh, you know, for my own background, which I am, you know, the chemical technology engineer. I, uh, while studying at Polytechnics in Warsaw, Poland, we like, I had like many, many friends uh, who are like IT specialist programmers and all that. They were into Bitcoin, okay? They were like these geeks, this type of, you know, geeks guys. And uh, I can remember talking to them like, 
the most, I believe, in 2013 or 14. It was one of the hot topics for Bitcoin itself, right? If you recall back, especially with with the you know with the DMT Gox exchange just you know hacked, uh, you know, and collapsed and all that that initiated the bear market of 2014. And uh, well, it was it was a hot topic back then. I can I was like mainly focused on my studies the other day, so I was listening only to them. But well, I was passive. It was not really until 2017, I believe it was April. So I'm still worse than you, Smokey, with regard to the buying Bitcoin price for sure, uh, for for lower price. Uh, but I think it was 1800, 1800 that we got to see or somewhere around 2K that we got to see, I believe, in June, in May, June 2017, if I recall back well. But, you know, since then, since the actual, well, start, it obviously takes a lot of time to, well, find your own way with all this, you know, madness, right? And especially now that Bitcoins, I believe, you know, it's been through a lot with regard to, well, not only the happening, you know, happening for the first time. Since then, I think like this entire community around it just changed so much, right? And uh, well, why am I saying that? This is extremely important for the community around the Bitcoin itself. You know, crypto Twitter didn't used to look like this, that it is looking the way right now. And uh, it was used, it was much more, I would say, at least to the best of my memory, friendly focused it was there were many many really like not many big accounts but there were like i i recall you know there was like secrets of crypto that he like returned right now there was obviously not so fast there was obviously uh pato many many of the guys that could go on and on with regard to the community around it i think what the community consists of i mean the you know the average age of of traders, of people, of people like getting the interest of a Bitcoin. Well, this is what makes and actually drives the price, at least partially, right? Because back in 2017, there was not much, you know, interest, I believe, from well, large investors, from actual like hedge funds in Bitcoin, because it was only, well, this entire rally from end of 2017 all the way up to, you know, 20K that kind of like showed to the world that Bitcoin, like, first of all, exists that it was, well, one of the best performing assets, if not the best performing asset in, well, financial history, right? And uh, well, since then, I truly think that that was the moment that Bitcoin and altcoins just kind of like truly were born. And uh, it means that in 2017 and all the, all the years later, they were completely different with regard to trading style, right? Because you could buy altcoins you know in uh, in the greatest boom in 2017 at the end and still make money like whatever whatever you would buy just the way it was with the dot-com bubble in 2000s right and all of a sudden when the bar market kicked in well you had to kind of like schedule uh, okay schedule and then find your own new way because well it it's not it's not it's not a no-brainer anymore to buy altcoins right <laughs> right uh, you could just lose a lot of money on that and uh that was, well, that was the time, 2018 was my definite time for searching, for active searching a push also for Uchimaku, which was one of my main uh, initial, let's say, techniques and systems that I used. I still use that uh, under the form of, well, the Burbicator, right? Uh, this indicator that I use and apply to every chart of mine on, like, be it on, on Twitter, on Discord or whatever. There is this histogram if you if you like if you go and look at the, the any chart i post there is this histogram in the in the verificator 
and it represents Tenkan and Kijun, well, form, not, not directly Tenkan and Kijun, which are, well, one of the, let's say, basic elements for, for Ichimoku. They are hidden in the kind of like a momentum form uh, in the histogram. So I still use it, right? This this old style of Ichimoku, I still use it, but uh, but more in a momentum relation. So I definitely trade mid-time frame swings right now uh, while participating in, you know, in the long-term run. I well, out of all the holdings, like 60-70% of my holdings are for spot long-term, okay, which I base on MA200, simple MA200, uh, which represents the actual growth, you know, and definite steady growth for long-term for Bitcoin. And I trade only, you know, just with, with the remaining part, uh, with the remaining Bitcoin holdings on, you know, on futures, on now uh, for, you know, to hedge with shorts or whatever. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's a mix between Ichimoku Obviously, price action and the momentum itself. That's that's my style right now, and I find it very attractive to me. Yeah, I see your charts a lot uh, on Twitter, and I really like also how you introduce patterns into the into the chart. Patterns like uh, wedges and like okay ranges, but then potentially they turn into bull flags and stuff like that. It's pretty nice. Like one of the best best trades I took the last two months was based off uh, <laughs> a broadening wedge. It's like. <laughs> I have no clue why that worked out so well. Like I longed six thousand nine hundred when everyone said it's gonna dump, and I had a target of eight thousand four hundred, and it just went straight to my target. <laughs> no clue why that worked. <laughs> well, that's 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 actually interesting. That's actually interesting. You know, uh, like wh why would you say? I'm actually curious to hear that from you, if you don't mind. Like, why would you say? What would you think makes patterns work? I mean, the, the psychology behind it, of course, but like, um, sometimes it's weird because you see the pattern and you see the price action that forms the pattern, but then you see the, like, then you look at Twitter or you look at uh, TradingView or you look at YouTube and you see um, the sentiment that people have. Like, so you have the technicals versus the sentiment that you actually see uh, represented by the social media. And there's such a huge discrepancy sometimes. It's it's really weird, in my opinion, that you can see a bullish form formation on the charts and definite bearish momentum on the social medias. It's pretty weird. I'll tell you what, what since we're since we're already, you know, discussing the uh Bitcoin and, and charting it so much, why don't we just go ahead and, and jump on into it? Smokey, I see you have uh pulled open the uh uh, BTC weekly chart there. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what you're seeing? Okay, so right now I'm on Bybit. I just wanted to mark the weekly keygen because that's a level I always find very interesting. Um, let me see. I'm going to swap to BLX right now. Let me re remove those drawings. As you can see, just like historically, the keygen has been a very interesting level on the weekly time frame. Um, look at 2015 to 2017. Like, Every major drop ended at the weekly key gen, and it just kept going. Like, look how precise it has been. And here, like when we drop below, pump back up, turn into resistance. Like this whole bear market, you could have caught that with one single short on the key gen. So for me, that's a very interesting level. And when I look at um, wait, here the FIP retracement um, down here, here of log um, you can see it's right at the 50% point because like that's what the keygen is um, of the last 26 weeks 
Um, and I already shared this on Twitter. Like my big picture view is either we break this high at 10,500 or we go uh, to 7,200 again. Because like this is right now the big range we're in um, between 3,900 and 10,500. And um, when you take a look at this here, we have these equal highs here. Like, okay, Bybit took them out, I think, and on, on BLX you can see this too, but other exchanges didn't. It was very, very close. Um, in my opinion, this is an attractive target uh, for longs. And um, if this level is broken and flipped, I don't see us um, having much resistance before going to Altamai. Like, of course, there's this weekly level around 11,700, uh, 11,500 to 11,700. But other than that, like, I don't think this will pose much of a resistance, um, these levels here that we saw in 2017. Like this was such a crazy time. I'm not sure how reliable those levels are, except for the uh, yearly open here, which uh, got tagged already last year. So like it's 10,500, 1,400, and then 20k on time high, in my opinion. That's what the weekly tells me. Um, other than that, to the downside, 7,200 yearly open. It's pretty weird how all these levels like kind of interact with each other, like the Kijun right now being right at the uh, yearly open. And um, yeah, I mean, it's a fascinating view right now because we saw this huge doji, which usually is a reversal pattern on the weekly, but um, we just filled the CME gap. And if this weekly continues like this, I see us going to 10,500 and higher. That's just the bullish momentum is definitely there for it. Like if a candle like this doesn't stop bullish momentum, then what will? Well, I love, uh, and I think that our listeners will agree that uh, I just love the simplicity of the chart. You know, you have your your kitchen there and you have some uh, some fib levels and then you have uh, resistance and, and that's about it. Would you say that you most actively... Uh, trade the weekly to take your your long positions, you know, or do you uh, often use the weekly to then discern uh, on a more finite basis, like to see the daily or four hour, etc. Um, like I mark out weekly levels to give myself boundaries to trade within. I don't like taking trades solely based off the weekly because then I would take trades every year <laughs> because price moves relatively slow on the weekly but that doesn't mean that those levels aren't interesting for a trader on lower time frames like the interactions price has with these levels is still gonna give you a nice idea of where price could be heading so i have those levels marked and then like here on blx i can only go down to the daily but um uh, wait a second i <laughs> i don't have many levels marked right now but uh for example let's see this level here in my opinion, a very interesting level because like it, it was the, the low here that brought this up move and then it turned into resistance before uh, like for this accumulation range we had here before another up move. So let's take a look at the daily because it's a weekly level. Like you can see, you have resistance here, resistance here, resistance here, you have support here. You couldn't see this on the weekly chart. Like this SR flip, you didn't see it on the weekly because like the time frame is just too high. But you see a nice SR flip here. You see here price again running into support down. Again, resistance. Like you see these levels are important on lower time frames too. So I think the weekly just gives a nice um, 
like a nice playing field to mark out important levels and then just trade the time frame you're within but keep these levels in mind because like they exist and price is most likely going to react to them i love it adrian did you have any response to uh to that chart before we get into uh your view well, I, I personally, you know, as I said, I'm a big fan of Ichimoku myself and I still use it, right? Despite in the not cleanest form. Uh, are you using the regular ones, right? You're using the 30, 60, 30, right? Uh, I use 9, 26, 52, 26. Like the regular ones, standard ones. For the traditional ones. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. And, you know, I, I personally, uh, well, Ichimoku itself, like by the definition, right? It means at the first glance. And uh, that was the very initial, I believe, um, very initial concept and an idea behind like applying the Ichimoku. So instead of having like tens of tens of charts open, or I should say uh, like drawn on the paper, right? Because it was many years, decades, centuries ago when uh, when 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 this you know technique, Japanese technique, kind of like came to well came to to the use. Uh, and yes, this entire idea of Ichimoku was was um, to kind of like replace tens of charts, right? Tens of indicators, tens of well drawings on the on the patterns into one chart, right? With two co-span, with uh, with uh, with some co-span A B, right? With Tenkan and, and Kijun, I believe this is a perfect case uh, to well to have it all as you as you. Uh, as you've been referred to that, I believe, especially for, for you know, for Kijun and for Tenkan, these are very clean pictures, right? And they're having also lots of in, in, in common with regard to, uh, you know, the mathematical formulas and how you actually just come up with them uh, to calculate them, right? Because they work, uh, they work as averages, they work as, as momentum in a way, but more like a averaged momentum, right? Measuring the actual average between well the high and the low for a given session for a given actually just period taken but um and, and taking you know the the average price for that but all in all all in all with regard to uh, to the weekly chart i believe this is the cleanest chart that we can come up with right now i can actually just open the chart right away yeah so there is also the blx open right and uh, <clears throat> this is uh, i this is beautiful with regard to um you know to how in general, I use I use BLX, okay, because it delivers the entire history since the first Bitcoin listings in July 2010, right? So uh, any other well exchange will not get you that, I believe. So this is the recorded price history for Bitcoin since the very early origins, and uh, that's the reason for using the uh, BNC, right? Uh, for me, BLX. Um, what I mean, and what I referred to, like at the very beginning, I believe, right? MA200, the black one. Right, so beautifully. Well, it's obviously the logarithmic chart, but it doesn't matter because it's still growing. Right, it's been growing forever, uh, like since forever. And um, so the the actual average, right, two hundred week average, right, right now equals like what six thousand dollars or so. Uh, it's not a spot price for for Bitcoin, right? It's like a liquidity uh, intensive price. But um, the most important part is that. It just keeps growing, right? So I can guarantee the majority of day traders, especially those unskilled ones, you know, just living over the dream that they would just like, you know, skip their job or drop their nine to five and be, well, day traders 
and everything's going to be all right, right? They have no boss on, you know, just standing above their shoulders and all that. But it's, uh, well, it's rarely, it rarely ever works this way, right? Because when you are a day trader, well, you need to make decisions much, much faster, much more frequently than if you're a long-term trader. And, uh, and this means that simply the more you trade, the more you lose number wise i'm not talking about the ratio wins to win you know wins to rewards uh, sorry wins to uh wins to losses right win to loss uh like ratios and uh, and strike rates and all that but i refer to that at the actual number the more you trade the more you lose right and uh for that reason it's definitely much more important to well to respect the risk management right yeah because you lose more so we need to respect that more um to preserve your capital but having said all that uh these people they would most often do better by just holding bitcoin right uh while knowing the up the upward direction for the long term then they're trading uh, all the way down to zero zero account right so uh so yeah day trading this is extremely i would say sophisticated way of, of going over to you know to their financial freedom it's definitely possible, but uh, well, you need to be skilled and experienced in many, uh, also technical indicators. I think to be able to realize your strategies well, and uh, well, knowing that this strategy, well, if you wanted to play moving averages themselves, then the direction is clear, right? Uh, no matter how we look at it, no matter how we look at it, uh, there is a beautiful combination uh, of you know ME two hundred. Oh shit, ME two hundred over here. What's going on? MA200, this one, MA50, this orange one, right? And well, I'm not sure if you, if somebody will, if all the listeners just recall that, but uh, I was one of the very few guys that were talking about this entire move as a deviation from long-term trend, right? I would never say and call Bitcoin dead at this point. No fucking way I would do this, right? Uh, and the reason was, the reason was because MA200, it keeps growing, right? It keeps growing. So this tiny move, well, tiny, it was actually one of the largest dumps in Bitcoin history, but uh, this move was just a deviation and the actual, well, weak, the actual lower shadow of this candle, right? From 38.50 or all the way up to, you know, 33s, right? 3300s or so. This was like a large long-term demand. And those who bought here were extremely lucky, and extremely lucky or should I say either experienced or just wise when it comes to investments and uh, because knowing that not only we bounced off this deviation like extremely fast right recovered way more than actually the drop itself we are right now on the testing way to well to test the highs at the at like all over again 10.5 10.5k 10 uh, right and uh, well, I completely agree with smoking that. I believe, uh, well, we are on our way to autumn highs, and uh, well, taking taking out these highs to make a new new high and reclaim this level, right? Now it's just, uh, well, like a mid stop between behind. We're actually on the way to to break uh, also these highs of 14k, right? And when we break these highs and reclaim them, then autumn high is just next, right? And well, similar story, if we break all time high and reclaim this shit, then well, God knows where it stops, right? I personally have my own targets around like 40,000, right? Now, but this is only derived from technical analysis, okay? The real, well, 
case and I would say very often mis misconception, misinterpretation comes from assuming that technical analysis would impact the same, let's say, way the long-term charts and the short-term charts, right? But the truth is that technical analysis is a way to, well, uh, to optimize your short-term charts and short-term trading, right? Because uh, the long-term long -term trends, for example, just like this one of MA200, they are, well, they come and they are formed because of the fundamental values of a given market of an asset, right? And, uh, and this means, this alone means that, you know, it's more about how much people would be willing to pay to pay for this, you know, internet magical internet money, right? Um, more than just what I put in the chart and say that this is an important level. But if I was it technically just watching the chart, then fairly like forty forty thousand, I think it's definitely on the table. If you uh, well, it's also not to just believe, but well, re purely relying on technical analysis like principles that the history repeats itself, right? or at least rhymes, and then you notice that we had, like, what we're seeing right now is like the fourth bull market for Bitcoin, okay? The fourth cycle. Uh, we, we've we seen the actual first after the listings, you know, the first listing is in July 2010. We've seen the first crash of Bitcoin, okay, over here, which was the actual very first uh, trough, the very first bottom. The next, well, we marked out the, the entire rally for the first time ever to 32 bucks, okay? To establish 32 bucks, uh, well, high, then dumped 95% of 94, all the way back to you know 1.98. Then we marked our V-shape reversal uh, with another uh, second bottom over here uh, towards new highs of 12 uh, 1250. Okay, um, and then next dump towards you know 50 uh, 150. Okay, backs over here, and to mark out the third bottom for the market. Then, well, we obviously, uh, well, did the go for 20k and, uh, well, retraced all the way back more than 80% on average, if you look at it uh, in the history for Bitcoin. Then uh, this 30, 31, uh, 20, right? And see, I don't consider these recent moves. I mean, this one and this one. These are not like bull or bear markets for me. This is a bull market and this is a bull market, right? This is a bull market and this is a bear market. So the time, okay, the length of the cycle is actually what I, uh, what I'm definitely paying much attention to. And uh, for this reason alone, I will not call there to call this a bear bull market, okay, and this one a bear market, but I would more refer to that as a semi bull market at least, right, uh, at at best or semi bear market. But it's definitely not the same range or, or context like the way it, this was. Uh, so all in all, right, we know that every peak has its bottom and every bottom has its peak, right? And we've had so far, if you look at it, right, after every, well, after every bottom, right, the fourth bottom over here, well, as I said, every bottom has its own breakout of the, the accumulation, Right, the, the, there's obviously some shorter, longer accumulation on the bottoms, the breakout, well, and the throwback towards towards the well, somewhere pre-breakout levels, right? The levels from the pre-breakout of the accumulation. Uh, so this accounting, this is a deviation of a long-term trend, and knowing that we've seen one, two, three, 
four, right? Or like if we count it this way, like whatever, uh, just to make it more, let's say, adjusted to the picture itself. Um, we've seen four bottoms, but actually, uh, well, three peaks, to be honest, right? Because this is, well, the, the moment we're starting, the three peaks over here. And knowing that every peak has been all-time high so far, especially after every halving, right? And we've just passed through the halving. And uh, and every, 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 you know, every low is a higher low in history, right? Historically. Then there is no reason for us, based on technical analysis, why not to expect uh, all-time high, right? And add on top of that the momentum. If you add on top the momentum, right? Uh, then you can clearly, well, just notice that this, let me actually just clear the chart to make it more pleasant to watch. Uh, this move from 10.5, okay, that ended up with this large deviation. Uh, we are in definitely different context. The trend was exhausted, right? That trend was exhausted. There was a bullish divergence, obviously, on price over here, right? Um, and this was like a good, you know, 60% ROI rally, then a dump, obviously, and it ended up forming a massive, even way like a combo uh, bullish divergence, okay, like a triple, double, triple di bullish divergence, no matter how we call that, it's, it's a, you know, it's like a combo, okay, and, uh, and on top of that, and on top of that, we are almost, first of all, we, we, you know, we retraced the entire dump, okay, the entire dump from, from the, uh, from what was to be the Bitcoin's death. So the sentiment kind of like flipped, okay? Because it's not dead. It actually just retraced higher than it was before it was to be dead, right? On top of that, we are somewhere around retesting the highs of 10.5s, right? We tapped 10K and uh, and we are nowhere near down on momentum, right? We are even not even in the overbought area. The actual trend is like extremely strong because um, if you look at it, right? If you look at it, then uh, there's clear space to grow to the upside, there's clean room. And uh, the stochastic ribbon, okay, because the Burbicator consists of the stochastic ribbon and the TK histogram, okay, the TK from Tenkan Kijun. Uh, and this is a trend strength indicator. It shows you the trend strength. And uh, first of all, we have these MAs laid on top the MA shadows uh, laid on top of uh, of the stochastic or just lagging behind the stochastic. So it works as an additional filter for the breakout, right? So from the moment of the breakout above the MA shadows uh, for the stochastic, we kind of like officially confirmed that, well, it's up to do some good stuff, right? And then on top of that, you have the alignment between the momentum of stochastic, which is the actual price action, and, um, and the histogram from TK, you know, Ichimaku derived momentum, and uh, when there is a directional well alignment, both go to the upside, right? Both advance, and it's nowhere near done, uh, just for 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 the sake of how it performs on the momentum. Then it makes me we are easily just going to break it, right? Uh, whether we are going to retest, for example, like MA hundred first, which is like this intermediate level between MA fifty and MA two hundred. Well, that's another story, right? But for me. Uh, I believe if we close the moment we close the week, the weekly candle above this one, right? Then we are kind of like, well, on a good way to sooner or later break it to the upside. 
and uh, reach out to one new highs. Uh, but if you get a buying opportunity around like, you know, 67 to 7700, well, I would be a buyer. I would call myself lucky if I get this. It's actually a level I'm also looking at uh, uh, on the 7200 roughly. Because like, um, of course, it's, it's only a target. I want to see if we don't break 10500. Because if we break 10500, the weekly Kijun will start trending upwards too, because we made a new 26 week high. Um, and then I don't want to see a retrace to the yearly open. For now, it's still um, in play, in my opinion, like it can happen. But once 10500 is broken, and if there's no huge rejection, like I think bears are done, and Bitcoin is like, it's never going back down. Like not to 7k and those levels. Like the show is over once those highs are taken, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's actually true. I mean, as I said, I there, there are no technical reasons for me not to believe we're not going all time high, right? We're uh, not to not to believe we're going all time high. But all I mean is, well, no matter how we look at it, well, the chart is bullish, right? We are just kind of like, the moment we, we as I said, reclaim these levels, right? Oh, the moment we reclaim uh, these levels, these tiny, like a, well, uh, like a supply over here, right? Represented by, for example, this week, this high wave spinning top, okay? If you look at it, then there were many candles like that. And they were, like, a, I would say, fake bear signals on the exponential rally, okay? And uh, just like, like you referred, I believe, to this one, right? If I'm not mistaken, there was like this, you know, what it looked like extremely dangerous and bearish dodgy. Okay, long high wave dodgy. Well, it resulted in a big sell-off, okay, with a shave and top candle, which was typically bearish. But the response from that, Jesus, I mean, it just blow, blew off, you know, the entire bears, I believe, uh, you know, made them underwater. And these looking candles, these angry looking candles, they don't, they don't really always look, well, work as so bearish, right? So uh, I would not see, I would not, well, especially if we close somewhere around the highs, right? Now, it's going to be a very bullish candle, I think, for the weekly. Short-term demand filled very quickly also by the by the lower shadows. And only a matter of time until we reclaim, right? until we break out to make a new high, reclaim the level, right? And continue upwards towards, well, I believe it's 14K. So I think we're kind of in a good alignment when it comes to expectations, May, right? Yeah, I think so too. Like... I'm not overly bearish. Like I, I don't have much bearish sentiment in myself for Bitcoin anyway because I'm a long-term bull. Like there's no reason not to be a long-term bull when it comes to Bitcoin, in my opinion. And like as you explained with the 200 MA weekly, like the trend is your friend and the trend is up. Like on the long-term view, the trend is up. Like there's no denying it. I don't see a reason to be a long-term bear on Bitcoin, especially not when you see so many um so much on-chain activity happening and, and we have the the halving right now and like institutions coming in and um like i have no clue how you could be a long-term bear on bitcoin like it doesn't make sense to me yeah unless unless you you were left with no position right then you just dream of buying bitcoin yeah, but like that's when you become insane and start talking about Tether and <laughs> like, like of course, I, I could be wrong and Bitcoin could start dumping. I don't know. But like, 
I don't see an immediate reason to be a bear on Bitcoin. And right now, the lowest level I could see it go for retracement is 7200. And that's where I want to see a bullish reaction if we get there. Because like that's that's the 100 MA weekly, I think uh, you said. And um, it's also the weekly Kijin, which is an extremely strong level. It's the yearly open. Like there's so much confidence for support around there. And like when I see people now already talking about Bitcoin going sub 2K, what are you smoking? Like, what well, are you smoking, right? <laughs> yeah, but like they are smoking some stronger stuff than I am because it's it's always nice to speculate, but when you're so sure, you gotta use your imagination, Smokey. <laughs> it <Well>. could happen. <laughs> I lived through the 2018 bear market and I don't even have that imagination. Bitcoin must have hurt them somewhere. Yeah, for real. Yeah, post-traumatic stress disorder. Well, guys, this has been a uh, an impromptu masterclass in charting for uh, for our listeners and viewers. Um, yeah, but it, Smokey, in respect of your time, I want to uh, go ahead and, and wrap things up for you. Um, as as I am keen to do, I like to leave our guest uh, an opportunity to um, provide listeners with final thoughts or anything that you'd like to leave them thinking about. Smokey, what what do you have for our listeners in terms of final thoughts or or ideas that you want them to leave with? Okay, um, like leave your emotions out of trading. Obviously, that's be that's why I actually took a break from trading now this week because like I I just realized that my emotions took over. And it's never a good thing to become too attached to the asset you're trading. That's one thing. That's a big thing, in my opinion. I hope this whole Corona shit is over soon, because we could all use a breather, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, just stay safe, trade well, and uh, wishing you all the best. For real, man. And you, what you said there in terms of taking a break and, and not letting your emotions uh, get the best of you, like our, our listeners are keen to remember that this is a marathon, not a race, and that you have to maintain sustainable levels of output, you know, with your own uh, inventory of energy uh, and attention. And Smokey, you're very well on your way to doing um, big things in this space because you learned that lesson early. And um, it's it's an important one. What about you, Adrian? What kind of final thoughts do you have for our listeners? And what do you want to leave them thinking about uh, before the next show? First of all, I do suggest you open your Twitter account and go and make a put a follow on Smokey's profile. You don't want to you don't want to miss his out uh, miss out his content definitely that I can tell and I personally approve it all the way. Um, with regard to the more trading related, let's say practices. There is like ongoing stereotype that if you're not a day trader, you can you should not dare to call yourself a trader, right? Which which makes completely no fucking sense to me. And in fact, if you think about it, like all the best investors, like you know, for example, Warren Buffett, right? Can you imagine them trading like day trading, you know, some shit coins or some penny stocks over? You know, in the in the basement on on the on the hundred x leverage, you know, on some on some exchange, right? Just being glued in front of the monitors and computers, just watching one minute candles, right? There's no, it's not, it's not happening, guys. And actually, as I said, the more you trade, the more you lose, and there's no way you can actually just limit that, right? And uh, so for this reason, day trading is not the only 
way you can go about it, right? You can go and trade low time frame swings, short time, uh, I mean, short time like movements, right? Daily fluctuations, tertiary trends. You can go or peak to trade like mid time frame swings, or should I say, or refer to that as uh, secondary trends, right? Or if you're a position trader, you can go and choose position trading. And actually, as I said, knowing that the uptrend, it just exists for Bitcoin. It just keeps going for, like since forever. So uh, most of the day traders, especially when they are not experienced, when they believe and live off their, well, imagination and their stereotype that some people just simply don't know that there's there are other ways of trading than day trading, right? So day trading is not the only answer. Uh, it's not the obvious answer. And it's actually one of the hardest answers to, well, to, to how we can perform long term. And uh, because it does require your entire uh, like lifestyle, right? It's not just a, just a trading itself, but it means if you're doing that professionally, you means most often you don't really have your other occupation, your other profession. You just master the candles. You just master the charts, master, you know, the, this actual, let's say, surrounding around you, right? And everything involved in the trading. My suggestion is do your own research with regard to who you want to be or what style of trading you want to perform, what strategy you want to perform. Because day trading is not the only option, right? And uh, so do always first, especially with a low, lower money, with lower funds, with lower portfolio, start in with investing in yourself, in your knowledge. Uh, because this is the only thing you can do with smaller portfolios. And then applying this knowledge that you got, you know, by purchasing, you know, like 30 bucks book, then you can apply that to make millions. Well done, Adrian. Well, guys, once again, I want to thank you so much for both uh, being so giving of your time and energy and experience on today's show. I'd like to thank our listeners for joining this episode of The Nest Show. We invite you to connect with our guest on Twitter, where Adrian can be reached at CryptoBurb. I am at BenjaminT1717, and Smokey is at Trader Smokey. Additionally, be sure to check out his YouTube page at the same Trader Smokey handle. If you've appreciated the depth and breadth of what you've heard with us today, subscribe to our podcast and find our landing page at theburbnest.com. We have a vibrant Discord community which acts as our central hub of operations, and we welcome you to join us at theburbnest.com discord. We also offer an extensive free bulletin on emerging crypto market trends, exclusive undervalued gem reports, and in-depth expert technical and fundamental analysis at theburbnest.com slash bulletin. We always appreciate engagement from our community, which of course means liking the video and subscribing to our page, where we insist on bringing you the highest quality content available. Also, we're happy to incorporate tips and topics from our listeners and encourage you to email us at thenestro at theburbnest.com. This podcast is brought to you by The Burb Nest. Thank you and trade on.